Let's Talk Care with Casper and Christy, produced in the Ed Center Auditorium. Opinions expressed by guests on the show are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the host or Prometica. All right. Last time we were here, we really reviewed the Job's legacy and how it's helped Prometica and Toledo Hospital and patient care and outcomes and really kind of dove into a little bit of our academic opportunities here with medical providers and med students and residents and fellows and wanted to explore that a little bit more. As usual, Christy, you always have great ideas. And, you know, as an academic medical center, you're exactly right. And we talked about the mission of the affiliation to recruit, retain and grow and develop the next generation of physicians that are going to help take care of our community. And it's really an honor today. We've got one of our neuro interventional fellows with us, Marion Oliver. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a cool field. It's really a progressive, unique, new field going up into the brain to help treat strokes in many different fashions. Obviously, being a vascular surgeon, we do a lot of carotid surgery to prevent stroke. But once they occur, now we have some tools that we can go in and actually help reverse that course that can be so devastating. Let alone that, uh, it's really, really nice to have you here join us as one of the learners and talk a little bit about the academic affiliation from the learner's perspective and, and how all that's going. So welcome, Marion. Thank you. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? I'm Marion Oliver. People call me Mario. People call me Oliver. And I grew up in Metro Detroit. I did my clinical rotations in Michigan and Chicago. And I did my neurology residency over in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that's where I fell in love with stroke, specifically stroke, the subspecialty inside of neuro, and then subsequently neuroendovascular, the logical, to me, the logical extension of stroke. And then I came to Toledo for my formal stroke training, the University of Toledo slash ProMedica for my stroke fellowship. And now I'm a neuroendovascular surgery fellow. So that's how I got here. Why'd you decide to be a doctor? So to be a physician, that takes me way back. So this is not a cliche. This is kind of cliche, but it's a legit answer. This is my honest answer. When I was a little boy, my mom always taught me to have the heart of a servant. My mom said that physicians, they have the the best heart of a servant because they, they sacrifice themselves for others so that they can take care of people. And so I was like, wow, maybe I should be a doctor. And then when I got into high school. My dad was a physician too. I wanted to uh, explore this more. So I took advanced bio and then I fell in love with the body and physiology and decided it was for me. Good for you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. When you came to realize that you loved neurology and stroke, I mean, how did you find your fellowship and opportunities here? When I was a second year resident, once I decided I wanted to do stroke and neurointervention, I knew it was on, it's always on the individual to figure out what the next chapter is going to be and how you're going to get there. So I was very diligent and aggressive about finding out where I wanted to go and how I was going to get there because the cards were kind of stacked against me, if you will. And I knew I wanted to, I was going to stop at nothing to be a stroke and neuroendovascular physician. So I looked across the United States at all the programs and um, it's not a centralized, nice process like a lot of the other fellowships are. 
stroke was. You know, stroke, I could go to one website and I could see all of the endova- all of the stroke programs, but endovascular was not organized so much. So a lot of it was I had to go to meetings. So I went to like the stroke conferences and various organizations for stroke and neurointervention. And I started to mingle with these people and just t- tell them my story and to get to know people and network. And so then I found out where were the good places, where were the not so good places, where would I go and get, you know, very adequately trained, not adequate, very well trained, not adequate. You don't want to be adequate in this field. So you have to be fantastically trained. So I had to find where I was going to be fantastically trained. And then, um, you know, you approach them and you ask if there's any spots and interviews. Yep, and so you found the University of Toledo program, and uh-huh. yeah. Well, you got some great mentors there, and Dr. Zetti and Dr. Juma, uh, yeah, just fantastic guys, and to your point, really skilled and and do a lot of great work. That's such a cool thing about training, the mentorships, and and what happens, and that's one reason I've always wanted to be practicing at a place that has learners, just because they help educate me. You know, you as a fellow, I'm sure, you know, actively reading and engaging in a lot of the literature, you're bringing ideas, new ideas to your, your mentors is sometimes they accept those. Sometimes they don't. That's all right. But just the discussion is always good. And to me, it elevates the level of care. And Christy, I think you were hitting on that earlier that having learners around the environment just kind of creates a higher level of acuity care because the responsiveness is better as opposed to you know, a community hospital where maybe the physicians are answering phone calls from home, but here you've got physicians in-house all the time to help evaluate patients and educate and, and work with the team on caring for those patients in those acute situations. What's your, what's your experience been like at Toledo Hospital as an academic medical center? So I came from Spectrum and Toledo Hospital is very similar to Spectrum and I love it. I love it here. Um, every day I wake up and I'm really excited to go to work. Honest. And Toledo Hospital is a great place to work because the people here are great. The staff is well-trained. My mentors, my bosses are fantastic. They are always helpful. They're always willing to go the extra mile, especially for patients and for me, their fellow. And that makes me and our APPs and our nurses and the whole team, I feel valued. People like to be valued and I don't have any burnout at all, despite my, uh, you know, heavy duty, duty hours. Okay. Because every day I wake up and I know I have five angios to do, or we might have a thrombectomy or an aneurysm to coil. And to me, like there's no greater excitement than to go in and, and, you know, shoot that angiogram and see this circle of Willis come alive. I mean, this is what I've wanted to do since I was a a second year resident. So, and I'm finally here and it's been such a long road and Toledo hospital has given me and uh, ProMedica and university of Toledo and all my mentors have given me this opportunity, this fantastic opportunity. Well, it sounds like you kind of work for it yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I work really hard. You were, you know, talking about like you know, burnout and how many hours you work and what's it really about and what prevents you from getting to that level of burnout. And so you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. I, you know, burnout is a big topic, especially recently. I feel like in the last maybe six years, five, six years, 
ever since I started residency, I've been hearing a lot about burnout and how to prevent burnout and all these different strategies. And I don't necessarily think, this is just my opinion, I don't necessarily think that it's about the duty hours, it's about the the work, it's more so about the appreciation um, and knowing that you feel valued as an individual, as a part of the team. How do we show that though? So we hear that all the time that staff, they want to be valued and appreciated. And my I myself, I want that same thing. But what does that mean to people? Is it different for every single person or how can we meet that need? I think it's different for, for different people. I know me, I'll give you an example. Like if, if I'm involved in a, a complicated case and you know, stroke is very, very complicated and it's very time sensitive and it's very high stress. It's very, very high stress for a short amount of time. And then it's like, okay, you know, you kind of take a breather for a second. And then it's very, very high stress for a long amount of time. Like it's strange. And so these emotions um, oscillate over maybe a two to four hour time span from the time you get the call to the time you initiate the chopper to the time they get to the angio suite and you poke the groin and you reperfuse the brain and then they get up to the neuro ICU. There's a lot of things that take place. At the end of the day, when the attending looks me in the eyes and says, good job, Mario, that makes me feel really good. Well, I think that's so important. And just that you don't want it to be reflexive, like if you're doing it all the time. And you had mentioned earlier, right, you know, from the moment that patient gets evaluated by an EMS and brought to an emergency room, they call you guys, team comes in, just all the different facets of care and different people that, that make that happen is amazing. And I don't know that they always get that feedback. You know, you, you look at some of the emergency room physicians and staff and nurses and whatnot, and if you have a great outcome... Do they realize the role they played in that? Just to get back, you'd hit on something a little earlier, and Christy and I talked about it last episode, about when you talk about mentorship and how important that is. Some of my best mentors were nurses along the way, and currently learn a lot every day from our nursing staff, and especially in administration, we, you know, Paula, Corey, and, and Christy, and the team. It's been fantastic. Can you have any examples of maybe how you've interacted with some of the staff, not just nurses, but even techs, any, any of them, and how they've helped form you and mentor you? Absolutely. Um, I've, learned, I've learned a lot from the nurses and from the ancillary staff all throughout my fellowships and throughout residency. I mean, when I was a young resident, you know, you kind of come through the ranks and you have varying levels of understanding of how things work. For our listeners, young residents, they graduate from med school, they think they know a lot and maybe they did really well on their boards and they get into residency and then they realize that they should realize, they don't always realize, that they really don't know anything the nurses, the APPs, the other services, they know way more than you. And it's your job to be humble and to learn from them. So, I mean, I have countless examples of what I've learned from nurses or, you know, the APPs or various other staff members, the charge nurses, the section heads, even, I mean, everybody, but whether it's like dosing potassium for replacement or it's, you know, how to put in orders or I put in order sets. I mean, there's so much that I didn't know. I still don't know. And it's very important to, 
to just keep an open mind and learn from everybody. So, but here specifically, um, I can say that the neuro ICU nurses are fantastic. I appreciate their hard work and their dedication. They've taught me a lot about, for example, EVDs, drains we put inside the brain to release pressure when patients have hydrocephalus. You know, they've taught me how they, how specifically, how do they troubleshoot EVDs or, you know, when do they call neurosurgery or, or when do they call us to come to the bedside uh, to evaluate? That's just one example. You touched on something I thought was really important too. And we talk about this, especially when you're starting out, you graduate med school, you're an intern, you show up and you know a lot. And then there's that internal feeling that I should know how to do this stuff or how the hospital operates, but I don't. And having that humility, I think, is, is huge. And I'm glad you kind of touched on that because I think that's crucial. And certainly nurses are very patient with us. as uh, Sometimes. Some, no, usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most, for 99% of the time. But yeah, and, and I think it's important in that environment to, to maintain that humility. Would you say that would be some advice that you would give an intern coming in? Yeah. I mean, I tell the medical students off the rip, like when they, when they rotate with us, I'm just like, I just tell them there's nothing more important than being humble, keeping your eyes open and learning from everybody. I think that collaboration and promotion of teamwork ultimately it impacts patient safety. So if you have good open lines communications and you feel like both of you are hearing each other and collaborating and you have each other's back, then the person that's going to affect the most is the patient. You talked a lot about how it's been fantastic training here and you've had a great experience. So I think that's important when you come to work every day and you feel fulfilled and you like what you do and you can look forward to that and be positive and that affects patient outcomes. And that's what we're here. That's our entire goal and what we're here about. And it can be contagious. I mean, you talked about a couple great things, your right purpose and Certainly safety is a big thing for us here, but I like what you were talking about regarding take a step back. We're all busy and you're working in a very stressful, time-oriented field. And if you are getting a call about something that may be less important than what you're currently trying to get through, remember that it's an honor, right, to have someone call and need your help. And whoever's calling is really just kind of looking for help and guidance and taking that step back and realizing, hey, you're helping them is, I think, really for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. You're I really welcome. appreciate it. And I hope uh, our listeners get a lot out of it and get to know you and kind of understand the differences between med students, residents, and fellows. Appreciate the fellows that we have here that are seeking out extra opportunities to learn and enhance their practice for our patients and communities. So we'll end with that. And until next time, take, take care. care. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Ratings and comments on those platforms will help us grow the podcast, and we appreciate the boost.